0: Hello all and welcome back to the Pick and Whistle for another episode of Tales from Azeroth. Come grab a drink and relax as I go through some stories and moments that you can hopefully relate to. And today's topic is all about classes within WoW and uh, more specifically, unlike last week, it's the complete opposite. It's about PvE, so player versus environment. We're going to be going over the positives and negatives of each class, their strengths, their benefits... And kind of give them a tier score at the end in terms of how good they are uh, in levelling in general. In all of the sort of uh, environments that you would associate PvE with. So raiding, dungeons and just levelling yourself. But let's get straight into it. First class, like last week, we're going to start with the Mage. Now the Mage is my class. It's... uh, Got quite a lot of positives, to be honest with you. It's uh, AoE potential. The AoE potential is amazing. First, uh, level 60 in WoW Classic was a mage because he AoE farmed. And AoE farm is uh, the most efficient because you take, say, five uh, mobs on average and you just AoE them down. That's it. It's a lot of XP. It's quicker than questing, running back and forth, etc., so it's a very good source and consistent steady like income of XP. You also have some nice survivability with shields if you're going into frost, which you're most likely going to if you're AoE farming as well. You have constant crowd control with the frost novas. You can run away, you can polymorph and run, you can polymorph a target of yourself while AoEing. There's many different forms of crowd control that you can utilize it to your benefit whilst leveling as a mage. But this comes at a cost because you need to know how to utilize them now some people aren't as advanced in this sort of category. Some people won't necessarily know like, a couple steps ahead, say AOE farming and something attacks you mid AOE farm. Not many people know, okay, I need to do this and then I need to do that and then I can just get back to like normal AOE farming these mobs so. In a situation like that, you would immediately polymorph and then you'd look to frost over everything and then get back into like the blizzard, something like that. So you need to have a step or like you need to be very, you need to be on the ball when it comes to your CC as a mage. You need to know what you're going to do and what the mob will do. Like it's you need to know the mob sort of patterns, if that makes sense. Uh, and let's face it, a big positive of the mage is the free food and water that you get throughout levelling. You don't need to spend a copper on anything. The only thing that you need to spend a copper on for your food and water is to actually learn the food and water spell. That's it. After that, it's just free water for days. You're a vending machine at that point. You accept their life and you move on. But... The only negative I can really think about with a mage is uh, apart from obviously being a couple steps ahead and knowing what you would do in each situation, that takes, that's just constant sort of practice to be honest. That's a lot of, um, being in them situations yourself, dying and then knowing what you should have done instead and then applying it later on. That's what that kind of equates to. But a negative is certainly that mages are squishy. They are a cloth class. They are clothy. And their physical damage reduction is nothing. It's about... Not even 20%. I'd say about 15% like physical damage reduction. So you get bonked really hard. You get hit around the head like... And it's just going to absolutely slap you and put you down a notch, honestly. That's the only sort of negativity that I can find with the mage. Again, the other is just sort of learning your kind of rotation, how your spells interact, what the best one to use is, etc. And then, like I said, that comes with time and practice. The next one we'll go on to is the complete opposite. You've got a warrior. Now, with a warrior... They're great tanks. They're the best tanks in Classic by far. You always need them in dungeon groups. You need them in raid groups. You need them everywhere. They only need food when uh, levelling. But most uh, things for a warrior are on the negativity side, from my point of view anyway. Because from what I've experienced, I'm levelling like a low levelish uh, warrior at the moment. You need to eat after most fights. And that just seems very infuriating because you're a warrior. You're meant to be this sort of rough and like really hardcore sort of, you know, warrior. You get in there, you slap some people about, you absolutely bowl them over, they get out of your way, stuff like that. But you just have to eat after every fight. You just finish killing like a little boar and then it's like, hold on, I just need my bread, hold on. Please don't attack me, little no. I didn't mean to, you know, annoy you, Murloc. Sorry. But it's certainly a negative. But again, you there is that potential later on where you can cleave a couple of mobs. You have a couple big, very big cooldowns, like 30-minute cooldowns, where you could actually just go crazy on, like, five or six mobs. Even so, it's a stretch, like, popping all of your cooldowns. On that sort of many mobs. That is a very big stretch. Because you might die. They might hit. They might have crushing blow. They might crit you. They might do many different things. But there is always that potential. Like later on in the levels. When you've got a load of talents and stuff. That you can level a bit faster. I guess. Now another negative part. Now this will be a general negative for all melee classes you probably know what it's going to be weapon skill every time you find a different weapon you level up that weapon skill so if you're an orc you will be gifted with an axe at the very start now that's really good because axe specialization, specialization is a orc uh, like racial It's a racial, so your axe skill is already increased by five. I think it's plus five or something. But when you finally get a sword or something that is better stats, it'll be around level 20 because you don't get like whirlwind axe until 30, like late 30s, maybe 40. But when you get to like around level 20, there might be a very decent sword that you pick up. Now you've got to learn that sword skill, that weapon skill, and then you've got to hit something... Or a better way a better way of saying it is you've got to keep missing something with the weapon skill in order to level up your weapon skill. And obviously the more levels you get, the more weapon skill that you have. So at 60 is a maximum weapon skill with 300. So if you were starting from 1, you'd have to level it up about 250 times before you start you know, getting some good hits in there. Which can be a lot of effort, to say the least. Now, this is a general thing for all uh, melee classes, but warriors less so, or more so, sorry, because warriors like slow weapons, like a really big, slow weapons to sort of deal the most damage in one hit kind of thing, whereas rogues are like daggers. If uh, you're stabbing people every second with two daggers, you're going to be levelling up your dagger skill a lot quicker than you're levelling up an axe skill that every time, every three seconds you're swinging it, you're getting up one level, if that makes any sense. So there are different, like, this negativity can impact some classes a lot more, but it impacts the warrior mostly. Now with rogue, going on to rogue, you have stealth, as always, quality thing, because if you need just, like, a collect quest... Inside a long cave, you just stealth through all of the mobs. You don't need to deal with them. Pick up the quest, stealth out, hand it in, nice and easy. Whereas other classes may have to fight their way through the cave, and by the time that you get to the item, you have to fight your way back out of the cave because if everything's respawned, and there's just a lot to sort of, uh, there's a lot to say about stealth. It's so good; it gets you out of so many situations. You can hide from so many things. It is absolutely perfect. You come back to the CC with rogues again for PvE. You have a lot that can um, crowd control. You have a sap, which will... Uh, it's not disorientate. It will incapacitate the target for around 40 seconds. This can break after any length of time, I might add. Uh, you have blind, which is a 10-second disorientate. You have gouge, which is a 5-second uh, disorientate, where you can bandage up and get some stuff in before like you fight again. You have Cheap Shot, which is a stun. You have Kidney Shot, which is a stun. The CC is never-ending with a rogue. You can pull a lot of stuff out of the bag with that CC during PvE. Most of it is used for gouge and then the bandage, pretty much. Um, With rogue levelling, as you get higher level, you get some nice cleave damage. So cleave damage is um, hitting the target next to your current target, pretty much. Now this is with blade flurry, so you'd be able to pull two, three mobs. Blade flurry, and there's a little bit extra boost. But again, this is a three minute cooldown. Blade flurry, so is very sort of slow in terms of rogue leveling, from what I found. Uh, going actually, no, we got we got one more positive. Vanish. If you're ever about to die, you vanish and run away. It's that simple. You don't die. You don't lose any durability loss. You just need to eat and go and fight again. You don't need a long graveyard run. You don't need anything. Just vanish, run away, eat, come back. Nice and easy. Now, with the negativity, it's kind of the same as mage. They are quite squishy, so they do get hit for quite a bit of physical damage. And most things in classic are physical damage when levelling. And even if it isn't physical damage, it's a caster damage. And caster damage ignores all armor, so that doesn't really matter. That just affects everyone, really, more um, like warriors and paladins than anyone else. Let's take a quick break. it doesn't quite work. And you, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The, <laughs> way, the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the gaming blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Pretty much that's it for Rogue. They are very squishy, but they have so much utility to make up for that like squishiness that it is very good. But again, Rogue is a very high skill, very, very high skill cap uh, class. And I would very much suggest a Rogue is not your very, like, your starter class, to be honest with you. Talking about starter classes, I'm not trying to, like, offend anyone here. <laughs> but um, hunters are very, very reliable as starter classes. They have the range damage, they have melee damage, they have a pet at level 10. They can kite mobs to Oblivion, they can kite world bosses into cities, they can do everything pretty much, apart from heal. And you know, their CC's kind of lacking a bit. But they have, their pet is the biggest positive here, because their pet will just guide them through levelling. Since level 10, their pet will just guide them through levelling, especially if you're gone Beast Mastery level, your pet will just ruin everything that stands in its way, and all you have to do is throw him some, like, lean wolf meat or something every now and again to keep him happy. It is quality. Now, the negative about Hunter is not so much damage or, like, squishiness. It's more about housekeeping, (laughs) believe it or not. So, the negative with Hunter is more about making sure you've got the amount of arrows that you need to shoot your bow or the amount of pellets that you need to shoot your gun. It's about feeding your pet constantly so he doesn't get unhappy and abandon you. It's about training your pet new spells, which you have to put your pet in the stables, go out and train a new pet that that knows a new spell, like do a couple kills with that pet, and then you have to abandon that pet Go back to the stables, get out your old pet, and then you train your old pet that new ability. Teaching an old dog new tricks, almost. But the negative part of Hunter is that the like house sort of. It's ah the ha- house cleanliness. You know, you know what I mean with that. It's uh, the dirty work with it. It's not so much about, I can one-shot this and this is my weakness in PvE. It's very much, you are very good in PvE as long as you have arrows and you can feed your pet. And your pet is trained up. The housekeeping sort of stuff. That's the word I was looking for, by the way, like 30 seconds ago. But moving on, we're going to Paladins. Now, Paladins, like PvP, have the, are very much the same in PvE because... Paladins have heels bubbles uh, they're very tanky. they're very simple to be honest if you want to level, but the simplicity is also a negative because it's so boring. now, I don't want to offend anyone with saying like how boring like a paladin is or whatever. I personally find it boring myself. I play a mage, I'm very much a mobile, I'm very much big crits, stuff like that, big shatter crits. A paladin leveling is literally and this is end game as well, this is level 60, but you put on a seal and then you just use judgment and you just hit. You just melee the target. That's it. Nothing else. That is your damage. You press a seal, you press judgment. And then you bonk something. And if you get low, you press heal. It seems very... Drudgy? Gruggy? Groggy? Groggy. There's the word. Seems very groggy in my opinion... In terms of the Paladin levelling experience. But... Again... It just feels like there's no interaction. That is the negative part of Paladin. They are so good at healing... And just constant damage... But the negative part is I will probably, like myself, I would fall asleep when levelling. It's very good for starters, don't get me wrong, because you have that heal. And it sort of uh, lets you learn the game, lets you learn everything else within the game. Apart from just like learning all of these different spells and how they interact as well with mage. You're learning everything else. You're learning about the community, Hearthstones, selling, professions, training, your spells, etc. So it's a very good starter class, I'd say. Paladin for the most part. Moving on to Priests. Now, Priests are very much the same as Paladin. They can heal. They do... Or, they can heal. Kind of the same as Paladin. They can heal. Uh, They have one talent and dot damage. Now, if you spec right, you can actually go through quite a few mobs without having to drink because there is a talent called Spirit Tap where every time you get a killing blow, your spirit is increased by 100% and spirit uh, increases your mana regen when out of combat and in combat, actually. So you can go many multiple mobs without having to drink, but saying that, the best way to level a priest is through ones Now, Wands, it's good damage because you can specialise into Wands. I'm pretty sure you can increase its damage by quite a significant amount because it's like five talent points, I'm pretty sure. But with Wands and with it being sort of their best damage supply, it is kind of like the Paladins. It is just sort of boring and sort of, like, it's very groggy. It, like, strudges on almost. So... The Priest is very good because you've got so many heals, so many shields. You can, if spec'd right, just go through many different mobs with uh, damage over time. Damage, like Shadow War Pain. Uh There's another. No, Shadow War Pain is the only one. But Shadow War Pain, you can spec into it. If you're a undead, you have Devour and Plague, which is another damage over time. So there's many different things that you can look out for there. But with Warlock... Warlock-like PvP are insane, they have their pet that can tank, the Voidwalker. you have life tap, which transfers health into mana, and then you can drain life on the next mob that your pet is tanking, to get that health back. This means that you po- could possibly go levelling without having to drink ever and it would actually still be quite efficient like drink or eat and it will still be quite efficient which is absolutely amazing in like my opinion because whenever i was uh, leveling after two or three mobs i would have to have a drink you know make more water etc but with warlock you can literally just regen mana nice and easily and you regen health quicker than you regen mana from my experience anyway So, at lower levels, you just regen mana, and then your health shoots up a bit. Like, it's ridiculous. Now, the negative part of this is, during lower levels, warlocks are kind of squishy, because their pets aren't as good at keeping aggro and tankiness and stuff. And you don't really come into your own as a warlock until, like, level, I'd say about 40+. plus. That's when you start to get a lot tankier, you get a lot more curses, you get a lot more shadowbolt damage, you get a lot more utility out of the class uh with regards to your pets as well but you also have to do a little bit of um housekeeping because you have to buy your uh your void walker your succubus your fell hunter your imp all these grimoires and these grimoires are how they rank up their spells to improve them so there is a little bit of housekeeping there and it does cost you a little bit on the side so just bear that in mind now with druids Again, they are speed. With cat form, you can actually get 30% speed increase um, with a couple talents. And that's before you even get travel form. So you're still faster than everyone else. You have your own heels. You can become tanky. You can do many different things. Again, you are the most hybrid class in the game. But the negative part is that there aren't really negatives. You're just a very average at everything. So... Yes, you're very fast at doing stuff. You're very efficient. But in terms of killing speed, you're quite slow. In terms of uh, tanking stuff, you're kind of there. In terms of healing, it can be very good. But it's not too slow and it's not too fast. But the downside to Druid is there's only one good leveling spec, really, if you want that sort of averageness. Whereas if you want the caster um, problem, which is mana, you'd go with balance talents. And balance leads you into like Boomkin, which is uh, Starfire, Wrath, Moonfire. And you're drinking pretty much after every mob. I know because I was a Boomkin. I am a Boomkin. I have a level 60 Boomkin up, But... Whereas if you're feral, you don't have to, you don't use any mana, you're using energy. You're a rogue, so to speak. So you kill a mob, you come out of cat form, you heal, go back in cat form and kill. And by the time that you've done that, your mana would have regened after the next mob that you killed. So there's that sort of average pace, if that makes sense. You've almost got like a schedule to follow and like a structure to follow after every kill, before every kill, etc., so that's really nice to be honest now shamans again i cannot speak for shamans as i don't necessarily play a shaman myself so this is kind of what i have an idea on but they're kind of tanky because they wear mail i'm pretty sure it's like hunters they wear leather at the start and then they can go into mail uh totems are definitely a positive because you have totems that increase your strength increase mana region some that even taunt i'm pretty sure And uh, the melee spec, which is enhancement, is obviously, I think, now don't quote me on this, but I think it's very mana, like low on mana, so it's not as mana intensive as everything else. So you're getting a few mobs in before you have to drink and stuff. Therefore, you're spending less gold on drinks, Uh, you're getting more XP per, like, time you sit, like, in between each drink, etc., stuff like that. Now, again, this leads to only one decent levelling spec from my uh, from my point of view. I don't know, so don't quote me on this. But one levelling spec, which is Enhancement. And then you have, uh, if you go into Elemental, which is the Caster spec again, I kind of see it as be- going Moonkin for uh, Druids. So it's very mana-intensive. It might not be. I might be completely wrong on that regard. But I think that that is my view on Shamans pretty much. But in terms of tier list, if you're going from a new player's perspective, so someone who's just bought the game, if you're looking for the best class to pick as a starter class, S tier would definitely be Hunter, Paladin, or... I'd say Hunter or Paladin. Yeah, I don't think there would be any others, to be honest. Certainly Hunter or Paladin. Paladin being super, like, S tier if you're brand new to the game, I'd say. A tier, I would definitely go with a Priest, like a Shaman and a Warlock. Uh, With uh, the B tier, definitely, like, a Mage mage Druid and uh, probably... Ooh, maybe it... Yeah, probably a Warlock. Warlock if I've said... I can't even remember if I said Warlock or not. I might have put Warlock in A tier. But I think C tier definitely would be like Rogue, Hunter. Anything that requires a kind of constant eating after one mob. And it needs that little bit of um, knowledge in order to, like, play around the NPCs. Because if you're a warrior and you just charge into a group, you're going to die. So you kind of need that knowledge of, I shouldn't do that, I need to at least drag this one away, etc. But, again, there are many different positives and negatives, depending on how you look at it. I'm losing my voice, sorry, right at the end as well. But there are many different ways, like I said, you can look at it. I would definitely say Hunter and Paladin are S tier in terms of like new players. If you are very skilled, I would kind of flip that that tier list around I really would because the more skilled players know how to utilize that class to the best of its ability pretty much but thank you all very much for tuning in this week I hope you have a great week and I will see you all next time thank you all for listening goodbye